Good evening, gearheads, and welcome to your Sunday night with Speed City. This is John Massingale, and I am in the studio in Austin, Texas, and we have a fantastic show for you tonight. We have Jonathan Green down in New Zealand at the Formula Regional Oceana Championship, and he's got a guest with him tonight. And we also have an exclusive interview with some of the biggest news this week. Chloe Chambers going to the F1 Academy with the, representing the Haas F1 team. An exclusive interview with her. We also have an exclusive with the Daytona 24 pole sitter, Pippo Durrani. Just got off the phone with him a few minutes ago. And we also have uh, a guest from Circuit of the Americas. We have Brad Epstein, Bobby's brother. And he joined us a few minutes ago. We recorded that to talk about the T11 condos. Really fascinating stuff on that. You want to stay tuned for all of that. But we are going to start with Jonathan Green down in New Zealand because he has a guest with him. And then, Jonathan Green, introduce your guest. Yeah, I, I was just saying you must have overspent on the budget with all those high high profile stars. Yes, this is another high profile star, twenty one year old Giles Motorsports Landon uh, Matriano Lim. I'll get his right name right. Number seven three nine for Giles Motorsport. He's wearing the team shirt, and he is in his first ever uh, Toyota Racing Series Formula Regional, as we call it down here. Formula Regional Oceana, and he's already had a season in F4 in the States, hoping to do the same and go up to FR in the States coming up. Well, fantastic. Uh, how many Americans are down there? Uh, I mean, that's, that's amazing how many you guys have got this year. Yes. In Texas as well. We've even got, what, five? Yeah, five of us. Five five Americans, and we've also got Woods Toth, who's the current F4 champion um, from Canada. Lots of North Americans down there tonight. So I say tonight for us, what is it? It's Monday afternoon for you guys. Yep, we're ahead of time. We're we're ahead of time. Just had lunch. Just had lunch. <laughs> but uh, Landon got his first top 10 this weekend. Oh, fantastic. Well, Landon, tell us about your career, how you got to this point, how long you've been <laughs> racing. Uh, I actually just started racing in professional series last year with F4 US, and the only experience I have prior is some club racing weekends with my dad. <laughs> yeah, but I've read that you are a, a a competitive athlete already before racing, aren't you? Very, very, yes. Uh, 10 plus years of competitive gymnastics behind me. Ah, okay. So when you found out that you wanted to become a race driver, you got to get some help. Who Who's helping you do this? Well, it's actually just my dad. So we're trying to find some help along the way. But um, at the beginning of the career, it's very hard because I don't have the results to show. But I'm hoping everyone can see how fast I'm learning, how fast I'm advancing with my progress and that I'll carry that on. Well, but you've got you've got a consultant helping you, don't you? My good old parents. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay, okay. Wow. Well, well no, you stop. In Dallas, Texas, that he's worked with. Uh, tell us about that. Rapscallion Motorsports. Uh, they're based in Preston, Texas, at racetrack there. And so I had a bit of fun with them in the World Racing League all throughout America. Raced at Road America, Hallett Motor Raceway, mm -hmm. yep. and Circuit of the Americas at cool. the end of the year. So great taste with them. And they've really been amazing help getting me into not even only more of the racing scene, but different ones to formula as well 
Okay, fantastic. Well, Jonathan, catch us up on what's going on down there, because I know you guys just kicked off. How many races have you all had? Two? We've had three races in all. Uh, each weekend is three races. Race one, race uh, two, a reverse top eight. And then the feature race, which we race for the Danny Hume Memorial Trophy this weekend. Uh, straight out of the bag, there's a young Brit come Polish driver called Roman Belinsky, who has blitzed quite literally the rest of the field by winning two of the races. And the other race was won by Chinese driver um, uh, Gerard Zhi, uh, and who would put it on a great performance. He's the F for China champion. Um, but Belinsky has been the man of the moment. And even though Christian Mansell of Australia took two pole positions for both qualifying sessions, um, he came up short in terms of uh, against Belinsky. But it's still wide open yet. But three races in, and this man got his top 10 uh, and has definitely had some good experiences. But for him, it's not about winning. It's about learning. And it's about getting ready for the American season ahead. Okay, you just said... To a young race driver who's been in competitive sports for a decade, that it's not about winning yet. I know that he wants to win. <laughs> yeah, he's going to argue that. Go on. <laughs> yes, of course, everyone wants good results. Uh, but with the start of my career being here, this this whole series, this five straight weeks of racing for me is to develop, come out 110% a better driver. That way I can come back to the U.S. and then have some serious results. Yeah, well, I'm sure you know. There's been a handful, maybe a name or two you might have heard that have come through that Toyota series. Just a handful of of uh, just mediocre drivers like Lando Norris and La and Lance Stroll. <laughs> just a few guys like that. You know, five of the current 20 drivers in Formula One have all been through the Toyota Racing Series. Um, pretty impressive, actually, when you think about it. Yeah. All right, well, that's going to make a nice little segue. of the field. It's a, it's a nice segue, guys, because uh, our next guest, who we caught up with about an hour or two ago, also went through the Toyota Racing Series, Pippo Durrani. And we caught up with him after his pole position run this morning uh, out at Daytona. And really excited for him. He's in the Cadillac, uh, the new hybrid. So let's hear from Pippo Durrani. All right, gearheads, we're super excited to have our guest. We got Pippo Badurani fresh off the pole for Daytona. Pippo, uh, welcome to Speed City. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Well, that looked exciting, and I'm sitting here looking at a picture of the car. It is a gorgeous-looking Cadillac, and you were fast today. Yeah, it was. Uh, I have to agree. The car looks great, and it was a pleasure to uh, take it to its limit. Um, Obviously, we only get to do that when it's qualifying time with low fuel and you put everything on the line and you get to experience the car at its best. So I'm really happy to be starting Daytona on pole. Um, but I think the best of it all is just the feeling you get from driving uh, the Cadillac GTP V-Series R. It's uh, it's amazing. So uh, hard to describe, but um, yeah, really happy with, uh, with the result today. Well, this is the way to start off after a championship, isn't it? Maybe you know, in the, in the right direction to, to repeat. Yes. Well, it's uh, early days, obviously. It doesn't mean much for the result of the race, but it gives us hope that our car is quick and that we can uh, start the, the year with the right foot. Um, I guess the first the first qualifying is already the beginning of the year, so we did start with the right foot. Um, but it's such a long race, big event, um, and there's so much that can go on during a, during a season. But... 
again, always great to be at the front for uh, for our sponsors, for our team, and uh, uh, and obviously to show that Cadillac has done a phenomenal job um, with the car and over the winter, and us as a team as well to try and improve um, and check the boxes that we uh, that we hoped we would uh, to improve for 2024, and uh, it, it, great, it gives us great confidence that we are on the right way. Well, I was watching today and looking at the flags, the wind looked, looked crazy strong. How bad was it out there? But honestly, um, not too bad. I think the, the wind was uh, headwind into the bus stop, which normally a tricky corner to, uh, to do when it's windy, but it was blowing exactly right in front of the car, which in a way helped a little bit. Um, but yeah, you know, those cars being so aerodynamically dependent, uh, you have a tendency to be disturbed by a lot of wind. But uh, luckily today, we the wind was blowing on the on the right direction, which didn't um, did, didn't upset us as much as we thought it, it could. Well, this is the second year of the, these uh, new hybrid cars. And are you feeling a little more settled in uh, with the car? And, you know, I, I know that the real heavy lifting on the hybrid side is the engineers, but I'm sure it's, it's you know, for you guys behind the wheel getting used to it as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's such a complex race car. When you have to merge the hybrid with the normal combustion engine and how does that integrate into all the braking systems and so on, it makes our lives as uh, drivers a bit more complicated because you don't have the same feel as you would with a mechanical, normal mechanical race car. So um, a lot has been learned over this, uh, over the last full last year and and starting 2024 with a lot more knowledge and what we want from the car certainly helps um, us as drivers to to achieve better results with the car. So um, I think everyone is more or less on the same boat. It has been a, a complicated first season for everybody trying to maximize what uh, the package that they have. Uh, and it wasn't different to us. And I think we are, like I said, we are on the right way here. Well, Obviously, you guys are figuring it out because you guys just set a track record. You were a second faster than the than the track record. Yeah, um, I tend to look at that uh, a bit in a different way. Obviously, well, it's a different era. It's uh, I think the lap record was back with the DPI and now going quicker, which means technology is evolving. The cars are getting quicker and and so on. Um, if it's a second, two seconds, or or a tenth quicker, in my opinion, it doesn't really matter. What matters is that we we did the best that we could today to put the car on pole. And um, obviously, it's great to be going quicker every year, but there's a certainly a limit to that. Let's put it that way. That it's not decided by the, by us. But um, but yeah, happy to show that uh, the progression uh, from the previous race car to this car, it's in a way paying big dividends in terms of uh, of lap time um, because it's what we are here for. We're developing the technology. We're developing what eventually people are going to have on the road. And and um, if if you're quicker, then it means we are on the right path. Well, look, I, I know you guys love it, but the fans, the gearheads, we love to see the technology moving forward and want to see all that trickle down to the road cars, you know. It's funny, Pippo, I actually test drove a Cadillac CT5 with the six-speed manual yesterday, and oh my gosh, that was an amazing car. But wouldn't it be nice to have that, uh, a little hybrid drivetrain added on top of that? It would be incredible. <laughs> yeah, it definitely would uh, it would make your acceleration out of the corner 
or out of the the spotlight even quicker. But um, yeah, hopefully soon uh, the technology that we are developing here will uh, will be available to everyone. So keep your eye out for Cadillac. We are certainly doing our best here. We're uh, on the right way, on the right path, and uh, we're here for that. So hope hopefully everyone get to experience what I just did um, today <laughs> and uh, and have as much fun as I did today. Well, Pippo, I know you got a lot of people to talk to. We really appreciate you coming on, and uh, best of luck. Thank you very much. Bye, guys. Thank you. I did not know that we were going to have a Cadillac driver on the show, Jonathan, but I did actually stop over and test drove uh, a new Cadillac with a six-speed in it and was drooling really badly over that. And, man, what a slick. You know what was crazy about it, Jonathan? It felt very analog. And I know that's insane to say this was a 2022 car and it felt very analog. In other words, Cadillac got that right because a lot of the car manufacturers, when you drive their stick shift, they don't, they feel like the computer's controlling it. It was, it was really a fun, uh, a fun car to, uh, to drive. But, um, uh, Landon, you were on the same team as Pippo Durrani, but, uh, 10 years apart, it sounds like. Yes, that's what I've heard. So I'm so excited to be part of such a good team with a good background. Great thing to build from. Yeah. All right, guys. um, We are going to roll right into our next interview because Jonathan and I got to catch up with uh, Brad Epstein. The name sounds familiar. His brother, Bobby, is the the president out of CODA. But uh, Brad is in charge of the Turn 11 condos. And so we're going to go... Uh, straight into that now. Let's hear from Brad Epstein. Yeah, and very excited to have our next guest on the line with us. We have Brad Epstein from T11 Condos at Circuit of the Americas. Brad, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. Happy birthday, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having <laughs> me as well. I don't. Uh, I try not to celebrate the birthdays anymore, but oh well. Yeah, well, you know, your buddies are probably wanting to celebrate it more than you, so that that's uh, that's what works. So true. Um, yeah, we're really excited about these uh, car condos. T11 Car Condos is a project that I've been keeping an eye on. And every time I drive out to Coda, I see a little more activity out there. How's it going? It's going great. Yes. Thank you for keeping an eye on. In fact, I, I myself get excited every day that I get out there. We started very slow, as everyone knows, um, getting permits and so forth took a little longer than <laughs> expected or wanted. But now we have nine of our phase one buildings coming out of the ground. So they're all in various stages at the moment, which is super exciting every day. And to see more and more workers out there, we're getting to a stage right now where we can see that probably mid to late spring, the corn shells uh, of the metal buildings will be ready for finish outs. So hopefully even be able to move people in come midsummer. Wow. I didn't realize it was that fast. That's great. Uh, Do you have, I know there's various sizes. Are you going to have all of the sizes available uh, pretty quick? We are. In fact, so we do have five sizes, everything from a medium to an extra, extra large, 1,500 feet, all the way to 6,000 feet. Um, Four to six cars up to 18 to 20, 24 cars uh, that can be stored in these. So each size will be well represented at phase one. Well, that's that's really cool. And I love the fact you've got all these different sizes for every, you know, different sizes for different needs and budgets, right? For sure. Definitely the different budgets. And the more I do my research, I'm actually finding out that the 
price tag of entry seems high, but it's really not, especially compared to others. In fact, you add in all the amenities that Coda has and that you can stay overnight in our condos, which is a big deal that not a lot of people actually realize. You can come for one of the races, stay the few, all weekend, a few nights, come for a concert. We have 25, 30 concerts every year out at Coda in the amphitheater and around the campus. You can stay with your buddies, meet other people in the community and stay overnight, do dinner in one and after the, the concert drinks in another. Uh, that's great. Yeah, that's that's great. Give you keep you off the road if you've had a drink or two. But well, sure. what are, what are the prices? What do they start for those uh, fifteen hundred square foot ones? So the entry for the core and shell is about four hundred sixty five thousand. That gives you the insulated metal building with a working air handler, up to two point three million for the six thousand square feet. Then plus finish out if you choose. We do have several people that want to finish it out themselves for various reasons. Uh, or maybe they'll just use it to work on a car and truly not finish it out, but more than maybe a working sink and bathroom in it. Huh. So you can do anything you want virtually in these. The lowest price finished out starts at about round number, 750000 up to $3.2 million. Okay, so you guys can do the finish out for them, or they can just buy the shell and do their own finish out with their contractor. Exactly right. We already have the permits to be able to finish out. We have four options to choose from with the finish outs and we feel that they're very reasonably priced um, or just, yes, like you said, do it yourself, which is no problem to us as well. And let's just look at like looking at the 1500 square foot one, how many cars would fit in that one? Approximately four to six depends on obviously your size of cars, how open you want your doors, the garage itself is a thousand square feet below 500 square feet is the mezzanine above that will have a full bathroom, kitchen, living area. So the downstairs in your garage itself with those four to six cars, you can, I actually did it myself for fun one day in a parking lot, just kind of measured parking spaces. And I'm like, you really can't get five, six. You can probably squeeze even a little more depending on the angles that you put them at. Hmm. Okay, so let's say that it's track day and I am ready to take my car out to the track. I lift my garage door. What do you just zip down Coda Boulevard to the tunnel number two? Is that how you do it? Or it, You could, but in fact, for the community owners, we are building a straight shot from the community to the back straight. So we wow. will have a newly paved, especially for the low cars so that they don't have to go out on Dakota Boulevard or don't need to get lifted into a trailer can just have a straight shot from the back of the community right out onto the track. That's fantastic. I don't know why I didn't realize that you were going to do that. That is a, that's a big difference. That's huge. And yes, most everybody's going to have a super low car and they're not going to want to get out on Coder Boulevard. I, I, I would think so. Yes. Some, some people have asked and they bring their trucks. I said, you can bring anything you want out on, <laughs> onto the track. It's up to you for ownership. You do get two track weekends designated by Coda per year. That, that you get to bring out. So it'll be kind of like a club event, but just for the owners. And they'll get to put any car that they want on the track at various times throughout that that weekend, twice a year. Yeah, but there's plenty of track days out at Coda year round. It seems like I don't, I don't have the calendar up, but it seems like there's a lot of them, isn't there? No, you're right. And people ask me, how do I get more time? There are many options. In fact, there are other clubs you could do uh, Porsche Club of America. There are a lot of people that, that rent it out. 
uh, various different times, and you can join those for, for fairly inexpensive. We also have started an evening program now that not many people know about that for a very reasonably priced per hour, you can rent the track out. And if you divide it with two or three or four buddies, you'll probably go through more tires and brakes than you will the, the cost of, of the hourly of the track. All right. I got a question for you. So what if, what about, I'm assuming you can bring in your lifts, any sort of lifts you want and any sort of equipment that you want. Have you got like 220 and all those kinds of things? So you do have the capability to put a lift in, which obviously can double or triple your capacity of cars because the ceiling height is so high. We we've measured that you could put a triple lift in there if you, if you chose. So, so you could lift them up. They would be pretty cool to be at the level of the mezzanine too, so that you're looking (laughs) right at your baby right there in front of you (laughs) while you're having dinner or whatever. It's, it'd be pretty fun. Oh, that's cool. And, um, and as far as equipment, really, whatever you can fit in there, right? There's no restrictions or anything like that. No restrictions. We just are, are not allowing um, any retail business to be run out of there for obvious reasons. And All no right. short-term rentals. We just don't want people that, we, that, that aren't known to be in there for one night and looking in the windows of, of other people's private collections. Oh, uh, yeah, that does make a lot of sense. And I do like the fact that you said that you, get, you can spend the night, but it's not... A residence, you're not going to be able to just live there. That's correct. You, you cannot, by rule, you cannot live there as your homestead, your permanent residence. But please, we are encouraging everyone to come and stay, make friends, make a, a reservations to come, you know, with each other to, to any event during the year. CODA is, is a 365-day-a-year event complex that a lot of people don't realize. We will have a full-time amusement park with about 34 rides within the next couple of years. Uh, the concerts, like I mentioned, the go-kart track, there's all kinds of things that are happening and CODA is expanding year by year. Well, we've all been dreaming of what you are building right now, because that is the gearhead dream is to have a condo on Circuit of the Americas. Well, Jonathan Green has joined us. Jonathan, what do you have for Mr. Epstein? Yeah. Hi, Brad. Um, I'm I'm delighted for you and really excited to to see the real thing in action. Um, hopefully get out there and uh, sample some of your wares or at least have a look around if you've got a show, a show condo. Uh, and we obviously do. we can we can uh, help uh, help pr- promote it for you uh, as well. We could, do this, we could do our show from there even. Um, but <laughs> I'm, I'm down in New Zealand at the moment. And this was actually the home of uh, this concept a few years ago. Uh, not that they invented it, but Hampton Downs here in New Zealand and Highlands Motorsport Park, both owned by Tony Quinn, an Australian entrepreneur, um, did this idea a few years ago. He has uh, condos that have living ability. Where, uh, you, can, you can live there if you want with your garage underneath. Um, and that's true of both places. And I just wonder what research perhaps you've done into how other people do it. And one of the main attractions for the effectively well-to-do down here is the fact that they get so much track time to get their favorite car out on track. How have you worked with your brother to kind of work that in to this offering? So the ownership group, and first of all, thanks for rubbing in and making jealous that you're in New Zealand, because that's that's a dream of mine. So hopefully well, you're very welcome. Days. Come Thank down you. anytime. Thank <laughs> you. I, I, I will take you up on that. When you buy your condo, I'll, I'll come and visit you, you know, down there. But no, so we do have two track weekends designated a year. They're designated by Coda, which two weekends of the year specifically for these track owner, uh, condo owners to get on the track with whatever cars they would like. They get one plus 
a guest. So two people per uh, condo. So there won't be that many people on track during the weekend and it will be spread out, obviously, like a lot of these clubs where it's your your ability to drive and the, and the type of car so that they'll be grouped together. There's a lot of other opportunities to be on track, though, as well. We have uh, evening hours to be able to rent out the track, which is a new program that is going, my opinion, is going to take off really quick because the cost is actually not too prohibitive. So it's going to be a lot of fun and a lot of opportunities to be on track. And would there, Dan, in the future, perhaps be an opportunity down by turn 11 where the condos are to maybe build uh, a sort of, if you like, a preeminent um, grandstand at 11 just for those owners and their friends and family? So I appreciate that question. During F1, we already are going to have a platform, covered platform, that's just for the ownership group. They can come and go as they like. They get a few wristbands for guests as well. I have a feeling that it will turn into a, a permanent at different races uh, type of thing for people. As far as a clubhouse, we have a clubhouse and a pool in the community for everyone to hang out just for the owners and their guests. There may become a member's uh, clubhouse trackside as well someday. Hmm. So, so Brad, if um, you say you might have some going as soon as this summer, uh, are are people, do they need to get in touch with you quickly? Are they selling out quickly? What's it looking like? Great question. They are actually. In fact, we just put up this week on the website, we, we, we split the community in phase one, phase two. It's not an if there's going to be a phase two. It's a win. We, we decided to do that so we could concentrate and get a lot of these ready for this year's F1 and this summer. So we're concentrating on our phase one. We just put the availability map up on the website this week that shows those that are closed and those that are have contracts out uh, either in various stages. They're either signed, ready to be signed. And we are 60 plus percent spoken for in phase one. Uh, this weekend, we actually had about five showings, two of which asked us to send them contracts already. So it's going really fast. I think phase one, will be sold out before the corn shells are ready this spring. Wow. I'm looking at the map. Yeah. I see a bunch of them already sold. Um, are most of them, are they individually bought or they bought? I, I know you said you can't run a, a retail business out of there, but are there corporates uh, also buying them? There are, I'd say it's mostly individuals, a uh, couple father sons. There are some trusts, I guess, that is a family that, that is buying it together. Right now, we don't have too many corporations out of it. We do have a couple that are representing a corporation, and I'm sure that they will be excited on who they get to meet and become their friends. But no no companies because of the no retail at the moment. We are going to be building a separate building right outside of the community that will be, as I call it, the working garages. You'll have a wrap guy, the tire guy, the mechanics, those car wash those type of people will be in garages just outside, not only to help Coda, but specifically in mind for the community as well. Get their cars ready, keep them. A lot of the community is worldwide, actually, and out of town. I would say at least half is from out of town, and therefore they need people to take care of their cars to prepare them when they come. Oh, that's no, very that's cool. An interesting point. Yeah, that's an interesting point, Brad, because, you know, uh, we're good friends with S's uh, here in town with Dave O'Neill. 
And of course, they actually did the preparation for Haas for their Formula One upgrades for the Formula One race. And I'm thinking ahead now, five, 10 years down the road, I think a, a mini industry on your complex, because there's still a lot of land. And I'm thinking, you know, where the old uh, X Games um, dirt track was, um, you know, places like that, you still got plenty of, of space. And like you say, some simple, some simple prefab stuff uh, to help those guys have a sort of adjunct to what they're doing um, and their own factories and places. I mean, Essence is in Buda and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a fair distance. So if they had a setup they, there, maybe there's a place for Sims, maybe, or, you know, I, I'm just thinking out loud. No, abs absolutely. You're exactly right. There will be room for people like that to get into this building that I'm talking about in particular, and I'm sure there will be others to come. And in fact, where you're talking about the dirt track down off of Magangas, um, there's probably going a good probability there will be a golf course coming there within the next couple of years as well. So there's oh, going wow. to be a lot at Coda wow. to bring people. And we are only building approximately the round numbers, 150 of these units. We don't plan on having a phase three, four, five, six. That's it. Mm. So when these are gone, they're gone. They're only going to go up in value with all the other attractions that will be on the Coda campus. And this is off, off topic and you may not be at liberty to say, but is there still interest in a potential hotel on, on site or next to? I would say yes. I would, okay. I would definitely, I would definitely say there's definitely an interest for sure. Right. It's finally all coming together. We've been waiting for all of this for so many years, Brad. This is amazing. And and Brad, Jonathan, you join us late, but Brad is literally in the parking lot about to be taken to dinner by all his buddies. So we don't want to hold him up too much longer. Okay. But, but Brad, is, is there anything else that we missed that you want to talk about? No, I really think that, that we covered a lot and I really appreciate y'all's time and support. And I'll be expecting you to choose your unit number this week and, <laughs> and send your deposit in. We're, we're ready for you. And we'll do, we can do the show anytime you want. Well, that's great. I appreciate the 50% discount. We'll get the check in the mail. <laughs> Done. All right. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate your time. Brad, Good luck with the rest of the project. Keep us informed. Will do. Talk to you soon. I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty excited about this coming to Austin. And uh, we're going to talk to Jonathan and our guest just a few minutes after this quick 60-second break. You're listening to Sunday Night with Speed City. Back after this. All right, we're still live on YouTube, boys and girls. Jonathan, how's your internet connection now? I think it's all right. Yeah. Uh, how, how do we see? Yeah, it sounds good. Actually, you got uh, all the right bars and everything. And yeah, so uh, Landon, that's really going to transfer. Tra that's really going to transform Coda, isn't it? Oh, I think it's huge, man. I, I, you know, it's it's kind of the first step to all the things we, you know, when they first announced Coda. It was going to be hotels and businesses everywhere and, of course, these kinds of condos. Uh, but, you know, it just took a little while. It took a little um, drive to survive to make it all happen. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah uh, what What about the other ones building on the other side? Condos of America or whatever they're called? Uh, yeah. Uh, Coda Garages or Garages of That's Texas it. or something like that. There was That's a couple it. of them, actually. But I, I don't know the status of those, but I mean, you saw, you saw you saw the map and you heard him. They're 60 percent sold out already of phase one. Yeah. All right. We're coming back. That's great.
Hi, this is Max Verstappen, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to your Sunday night with Speed City. John Massengill here in Austin. Jonathan Green down in New Zealand, and our guest, young race driver Landon Matriano Lim. And uh, Landon, I wanted to talk to you a little bit because you're right in the beginning stages of your career, and the the fact that you are in New Zealand at this Toyota Series, to me, that shows that you're taking this very seriously. Absolutely. There's no time to play around. And that's especially why I'm part of the series, because there's so many guys here that are coming into their third season of uh, FR or F3 now. And so especially being introduced to this so early, I can learn from these guys directly. Mm-hmm. These guys have years of experience. They've been in it. So for me to be able to use them as a benchmark so early on and being able to catch them in places where I can so early on, I think it's the best learning curve I can. Well, like Jonathan loves to say, is that you get a whole season in, what, five weeks? Five straight weeks of racing, yes. We'll be at the track from Wednesday to Sunday, and we have three races over the weekend. We have two qualifyings. We have one Saturday and one Sunday, and one race Saturday and two races Sunday. So that's 3,500K of track time, which is unheard of in any series. Formula One don't get that kind of testing. And just to give you an example, John, uh, Giles Motorsport, who uh, Landon races for, Stephen Giles was Mika Hackman's chief engineer in his world (laughs) championship winning. That's awesome. Well, uh, also, our next guest also came through Toyota Racing Series, right, Jonathan? She did. Uh, this time last year here in Topor, uh, young Chloe Chambers from the USA, from New York, uh, won the first ever uh, race by a female in an FIA Formula Regional uh, race in race two here last year. Ah, that is also, great. And, you know, this is... This... With and with Giles Motorsport as well. Oh, yeah, Same also team. with Giles. Well, that's, that's awesome. Well, you know, this was probably some of the biggest news, if not the biggest news this week, uh, that yeah. she was going to represent the Haas F1 team. Man, Haas, Haas is dominating the offseason. Um, you know, I know we had the reveal of the McLaren car, and Andy P is probably glaring at me over the internet about saying that that's not the biggest <laughs> thing. But they're, you know, it is the livery, it's not the car, and it was uh, awesome. And we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But I do want to go straight into this interview that, that you did with Chloe. Jonathan, talk about that and uh, just kind of, and then we'll roll right into it. Yeah, I mean, like you say, the timing couldn't be more perfect. The the bombshell over Christmas was losing Gunter Steiner, uh, such a big character. She talks to that. Um, but interestingly, uh, Io, because she's from she, she's uh, from uh, Asian uh, heritage, uh, as is this man. Um, but um, you know, she was an adopted Chinese uh, kid by a Texan and a Brit. And so it's a great story. And funnily enough, Io, who's taken over the Japanese uh, new head of Haas, has two daughters that cart. So there's a nice little <laughs> synergy between the two of them as well. <laughs> yeah, well, let's let's hear from Chloe Chambers. Well, on behalf of the Toyota Racing Formula Regional Oceana Series, we are delighted to welcome Chloe Chambers, one of our graduates, and in fact, the first ever female to win an FIA Formula Regional race right here in Taupo in New Zealand, this time last year. And 
She's got some big news again, and we are delighted with that news that she's joining the Formula One Academy and will be representing the Haas Formula One team in those colours. Congratulations, Chloe. Yeah, thank you. How did this all come about? And tell us tell us a little bit about the story. Yeah, so I had kind of tried to pursue F1 Academy this time last year, actually. Um, and unfortunately, I was a little bit too late on getting things going for that. So I ended up missing out on the 2023 season of F1 Academy, which was its first season. So I ended up going off and doing some sports car racing in the States, did very well in that. And then sort of in the middle of the year, we sort of started going back and thinking maybe we should try to go back into F1 Academy again because the opportunities that it can bring are massive. And especially with in 2024, them changing it to be on Formula One race weekends as well as live streamed on all the Formula One channels. Um, it just opens a lot more doors that weren't really there in 2023. So I pushed really hard to get into it for this year, went out to Spain to do some testing with um, the teams and uh, just tried to kind of show myself to the teams so that they at least were aware of me and that I was trying to pursue it. And um, ultimately uh, we kind of got into talks with a 14 management who is now managing me and they were a big help because they have so many connections over in Europe that my dad and I don't have. And so they helped a lot with getting everything sorted for me. Um, and uh, I ended up uh, getting paired with Haas F1 team, which obviously makes a lot of sense. Um, it's the only American Formula One team on the grid, and um, I'm an American driver. So um, that pairing really just made sense with me. And um, obviously, who would say no to being partnered with the Formula One team. So I, I graciously accepted their offer. And then, uh, yeah, um, I'll be racing with Campos Racing um, at seven of the Formula One race weekends next this year. And have you met your teammate? Yeah, so I when I was in Spain, actually, I did end up testing with one of my teammates. And then um, the the third teammate is not announced. So... I can't really say anything about that. <laughs> okay. But how about the timing too? I mean, obviously there's big news with Gunter Steiner moving aside, but um, I, I think it's kind of nice that Io. I saw a nice picture of you and uh, Io uh, the other day. He's got daughters who race too. So there's a nice little, there's a nice little crossover there. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, you know, Gunter was such a face and like a personality, especially from Drive to Survive. So, you know, I, I've I've kind of seen a lot of the comments saying, oh, we want Gunter back. But also you have to think about it from the perspective of the team. Um, they did a really good interview with Gene Haas on F1 with Lawrence Barreto. And basically the way that he said it is that it was time for a change um, in kind of the higher tiers of the team because the team had finished last place in the constructors championship two out of the last three years and so it really does make sense to change something around with the team to try to figure out what the problem is so you know as much as Gunther is um a really cool personality very funny um you know I think it'll be good for Haas in the long run 
Um, what about your, I mean, tell us about the season because you, I know that you're going to be racing Miami, but tell us about, for your fans, the, the Formula Academy series and how big that will be in terms of experience for you. Yeah, so we go to seven of the Formula One race weekends. So the first race is in Jeddah. I don't have the calendar fully memorized, but I do know all of the races. So the first race is in Jeddah. Um, and then we race in Miami, Barcelona, Zandvoort, Singapore, Qatar, and Abu Dhabi. So kind of looking at that schedule, there are only two races in Europe. And the majority of the other races will be tracks that none of us have driven on before. Um so kind of evening the playing field a little bit there um, will be, you know, it, it'll make it a lot more of a, of a race. Um, I expect everybody to be a lot closer in times and um, just the racing in general to be really good. Um, but yeah, for, for a driver's perspective, though, having to learn so many tracks in the year and especially with it being on the formula one race weekends and you know having all of the buzz that happens during those weekends will be um a new experience for a lot of drivers i did w series of course so i was at formula one race weekends racing so i do kind of understand how it works but with f1 academy you get so much more track time so i think in the end the times will be a lot closer than they were in w series and of course with all the cars being equal, it'll make the racing really good. Um, but much like what it was in New Zealand, you have to be able to learn the tracks quickly. Even though you have that extra track time, it's still a challenge to try to learn the tracks quickly before qualifying. And do you know if you will be able to also integrate yourself into learning more about the F1 team? Will you be able to be, when you're not racing, um, you know, around on the headphones perhaps? Uh, is that part of your learning experience? Yeah, so part of my deal with Haas is that um, I will get to experience kind of the inside of the team on a race weekend. Um, I will be, obviously I'll be at the tracks during the F1 race weekends where I am racing, but I will also have the opportunity to go to a few of the other races where I won't be racing. So I'll be able to kind of be with the team throughout the entire weekend and, you know, sit in on driver debriefs, watch the on-track action with the engineers, kind of just immerse myself so that I understand kind of how it works. And what are you excited about? Obviously, they've got two great drivers. Um, you've been around Formula One, as you say, uh, as part of the W Series. But um, this is a huge opportunity for your learning curve, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to, you know, being so close to Formula One, being able to sit in the garage and watch the sessions, being able to sit in on debriefs and hear sort of what everyone is saying during those debriefs, how the drivers are giving feedback and how the engineers are responding to that. Just kind of stuff that's kind of at a higher level than what I am now. Um, it'll be, for the most part, familiar. Um, it'll be similar to sort of what we do, but obviously in Formula One, everything is on a much bigger scale. So being able to kind of experience that and be in that environment before actually being in formula one being thrown into the deep end um that'll be a lot of uh experience that i couldn't gain anywhere else really 
when I met you this time last year, uh, it was great because um, we were joking a little bit. We were talking to one of your mechanics, Lou, uh, who, by the way, is delighted for you. Um, and um, we were saying that it was kind of neat that she was working on your car because still there wasn't that many women involved in motorsport. I'll, I'm glad to say there's three or four mechanics and engineers. If not, I, actually, no, I might go as high as six this year. Um, but just take me back to Taupo this time last year. And tell everybody how important to your career that race to win was from pole position. Yeah, that race win was, you know, super, super special. Um, something I won't ever forget and probably my biggest racing accomplishment to this day. Something I'm proud of. Um, and I know I know Lulu is too. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it, I think it definitely kind of showed that women can compete at a high level with the, with the men, I guess you could say, um, you know, in mixed categories, um, that it's possible. Um, and you know, I think for myself, it just built a lot of my confidence up as well, kind of going into the racing season for that year. Obviously I ended up making a switch into sports cars, but you know, I think it helped my confidence in anything that I ended up racing that year. And I just, you know, especially with it being the last race weekend of the, of the season. Um, it showed my progression throughout the season. And um, especially because we got so much track time that I had never had before. It, it showed how important getting track time was and um, in your development as a driver. Well, the man you beat that day is racing and is one of the favorites this season. That's Caleb Nartoa. And he too sends his regards and wishes you well, because obviously um, you 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 held him off for the entire race this time last year. I'm excited to see how he does this year. Um, obviously, it's his first season, first full season. So, um, yeah, I think Caleb's a great guy, great driver, and um, I'm excited to be watching. Well, Chloe, as I said, we in the Toyota fraternity wish you well, and we're delighted with the news. It's great for us. It's fantastic for you. Um, what you, what ambitions are you setting then for the Academy Series? Yeah, so for this year, um, really the goal is to obviously take in all the new experiences that are going to come this year and develop as a driver, come out of the year with more knowledge. I think for sure from testing, top five is doable. Um you know, testing really helped me kind of gauge myself a bit, um, figure out where I was after not driving an open wheel car for eight months or so. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm feeling pretty confident and especially with all of the testing days that we have before the race weekends and all the prep that goes into the, the race weekends as well. Um, I think I have a really, really good shot at getting a top five finish in the championship. Well, listen, we hope you do that. Uh, and as you know, on my radio show, Speed City, we've had a, a mantra since we began back in 2012, which was we needed a Formula One circuit. We needed a Formula One team. We've got the Formula One circuit at Cota. We've got the Formula One team at Haas. But we wanted an American driver to win for us. So you are going to have to be the first Haas winner for America. How do you feel about that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it was something that my my parents and I had kind of joked about because we we were like, you know, Haas has never actually gotten a win before. So, um, you know, if I can get in F1 Academy, um, I think that'll be a pretty special thing with the team and especially for me as well. <laughs> well, listen, all the women in motorsport are behind you, all of the Haas fans in America behind you and everybody here in New Zealand and around the world wishes you well. Congratulations, Chloe Chambers. We will be watching 
uh, from the get go here in 2024. Congratulations again. Thank you. Uh, Jonathan, that was a really good question about maybe being the first winner in a Haas car. That's good. I thought she might. I thought she might duck it because that's a that's a, a lot of pressure to put on a young young lady's shoulders. Um, but she took it and giggled, and you know she said she'd been talking about it. So I, I, I'm really happy for her. And I'll tell you, she's got every chance of winning in the Formula uh, in the uh, F1 Academy. She's got more experience than most of uh, the people racing, except perhaps uh, Abby Pulling, uh, her teammate. Um, I think is um, is going to be useful. I think she's got two teammates uh, that we we also announced Bustamante. Um, as well, yeah. and Matiano Lim, another Filipino uh, Chinese name. So there's a lot of connections here, and um, yeah, I think Bustamante, as we saw when she came uh, last time out, is going to be good. But I think Chloe's got a chance of every uh, every chance of winning for Haas. Well, and wasn't she Jamie Chadwick's teammate in the W Series? She was. She exactly was. I mean, she's got Jamie was uh, an, a, incredible in that series. Obviously, she just dominated. So, some more good learning there. But I want to ask Landon a question. Landon, I mean, the the fact that maybe the the biggest story in international motorsports, let's say outside of you know Daytona happening this week, this this was may have been it, right? With Chloe Chambers joining the F1 Academy with representing Haas, and she's a graduate of where you are right now. It's just a, another example of how powerful this, this series is where you're at. It's got to be exciting to you. Yeah, absolutely. And to be a part of the same team that she was as well, this yeah. team just has such background. And even this first week, I've seen how well I work with this team, how amazing these guys are and how much they'll do to get me out there and be where I need to be. So I think developmentally, this is exactly where I need to be. And I'm really happy about that. All right. Well, so what do you guys think about Jonathan? Let's start with you. What do you think about the, the, the formula one Academy versus the W series? Obviously the W series did not work out. And what do you think about, I mean, look, obviously we've got the power of formula one behind it, right? So that's a huge advantage, but I mean, what do you think about the whole philosophy and everything else about about the way they're going about this all-female series? I think the best way that I can put it is it's a good um, it's a good uh, heart film for this era of women in motorsport. the The world is changing. Finally, the world the world of motorsport uh, has woken up to women. Um, we've got a team manager here who is a female. She runs M2 competition with her husband, uh, but she's in charge in Europe. Uh, her and Jonathan Moria and the company. Uh, we've got six or seven um, female mechanics and engineers. Uh, and that's a change about, uh, we mentioned, she mentioned her, her mechanic, Lulu. She's still here at Giles. And I noticed that Kiwi Motorsport have several women involved as well. So that, you know, the world is changing. Do I like the idea of an academy series? I, I don't mind it. Um, I, I want to see more women in motorsport. You know I've been a big proponent yes. of this, but every woman, including Chloe, I've spoken to, would rather race against the men, as mm -hmm. she did last year against Caleb and won, uh, because that's the big difference, is that there's no you know ifs and buts, whereas it'll always be considered a secondary series when it's just women, and most of the women don't really want to, to race that way. But the real advantage, if, if there is a plus, is the fact that they're connected to Formula One. They're going to have Formula One colors. They're going to be noticed around the world. And more importantly for Chloe, especially, and all of the girls involved, is that they're going to be integrated into that Formula One team and learn what it takes to actually see and hear.
gear and have the headphones on to what it takes to be in Formula One. So when we finally do break that glass ceiling, um, that girl, whether she's Chadwick, whether she's uh, Chloe, will be ready. Mm, yeah. You know, and it is, it's it's an age-old dilemma, right? And And do you have a separate series like this? But at least it'll have every chance, like you said. And like Andy P says on YouTube, he says, F1 Academy will be more successful because it's got Liberty's backing and geared for younger drivers. And you guys are both saying the same thing. Yes, we'll find out because they'll, you know, they'll they'll give it as much momentum as they can. And uh, Landon, what do you think about the whole, you know, females in racing? I mean, if you were lined up against them right now, I mean, you guys have got tons of mechanics and team uh, team members in the in the Toyota series right now, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Like, like everyone's saying, you know, we've we've got a bunch of mechanics as well and engineers yeah. even. So it's really good to have that that company around. And I think that F1 Academy is fantastic for the exposure, especially in the early stages, because like I'm in the early stages as well. So ex exposure is so crucial to the beginning. So I think that's a really good step for them in that aspect, but I can definitely see where the women are not wanting to have their own position on the side. They want to be in the main set of competition. So I definitely see that. And like we've talked about, Chloe has really strong chance against the men, just as uh, she proved last year here in Taupo. So took the win from start to finish, no questions asked. So she's got the talent. She's getting the exposure from F1 Academy. And I think that's perfect to boost your career. So it'll take them the next step to move out of that. But initially, it's a good place to start for them. Yeah, well, it's been interesting to see. John, one last little footnote. It's starting for, to proliferate. Uh, Sophia Flores, uh, Flores, you remember yep. the girl that uh, crashed? crashed? Macau. Yep. Well, she took part in Macau again. She became 11th last year. Uh, she's now part uh, of one of the uh, junior academies. And and Tatiana Calderon from uh, Colombia, who raced here uh, in again in Giles Motorsport a few years ago. She was a, a reserve driver for a while. So it's it's happening. It's starting to happen. And, and, and Jamie Chadwick is definitely and Chloe Chambers are leading the way in, mm. in many ways. Yeah. Well, as usual, Paul has a hilarious statement. It says, if only Jonathan could have looked more relaxed during his interview with her. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were very relaxed, Jonathan. He's a pro, Paul. He's been doing this since 19... I'm in New Zealand in a nice swanky hotel. What do you want, Paul? I'm trying to live the dream. Yeah. And a few days on the beach before that. I just live like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. We're almost out of time, man. I wish we had more time to talk about this Laguna Seca story. Maybe we'll do this next week. Have you heard about this, Jonathan? Laguna Seca. No, tell me. I'm a lot there's, the world. there's people suing the people that have moved in since Laguna has been been operating. They've they've moved there and now they're complaining about the noise and they're suing them. It's like, what the heck? Why did you move there if you <laughs> move next door to a racetrack? You know what's going to stop that in its tracks? What? Guess who lives there? Who? Eddie Lawson and Wayne Rainey. They'll, ah. they'll, 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 they'll party till they're blue in the face and get rid of all that because they, they're not going to let Laguna take it close. Don't worry. Uh, well, there's there's more to that story because it's public land. I thought it was if they'd owned the land. Anyway, well, we'll get into that next week because we are out of time. Uh, I, I want to start by thanking you, Landon. Landon Matriano Lim uh, down there racing in the Twitter series, the Formula regional Oceania championship and i want to wish you the best of luck and thank you for coming on the show and uh, we really appreciate it len 
Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys having me. And I get to deal with him over here as well as in the States. So it's all good fun. <laughs> well, you guys don't have too much fun. And uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And we'll talk to you next Sunday night. Happy trails. See you guys.